We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Saturday morning. Getting back to our usual schedule as the uh, preseason starts to ramp up next week with training camp. And uh, excited to get down there, like I always say. And uh, joining me today is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, almost died doing a squat today, but I pulled through and used all of my back, which is fantastic. So at least I got the weight back up, and I'm sure I'll be sore in about an hour. There you go. There you go. That's how you know you're getting older, you know, because this is <laughs> yeah. uh, lifting hurts unlike it used to be. I, I saw this video. It was a real, it was like this, uh, like 30 year old working out with like a 20 year old and the 20 year old just like goes up and squats, you know, like a couple hundred pounds and the 30 year old's like, no, 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 I got to stretch first. And uh, yeah. that is me. That That's me. I have to stretch and like warm up before I actually like get lifting now. So it's fun. Yeah. I should stretch. That's a really good idea. I'm, I'm holding on to my youth and um, I'm just letting the pre-workout do its thing and, and just see if yeah. I can uh, manage. But as someone who's coming off of a knee injury trying to do all this, yeah, I should probably warm up and stretch. Um, but my mom in the chat, as she can attest, um, I, I basically just walk right over and it's a disaster. So today, it wasn't a stretching issue today. It was just a accidental wobble and suddenly that heavy <laughs> weight is... Uh, so, you know, but it's okay. I, I I pulled through. I pulled through. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, yeah. So uh, we're going to talk some roster predictions today. 
Um, if you don't know what uh, Tyler's name is today, it's from uh, Barbie, <laughs> which honestly, like I was very pleasantly surprised. I Same. thought Ryan Gosling was hilarious in it. Um, Kate McKinnon as well was was her usual funny self. So um, if you haven't seen Barbie, I, I can definitely recommend it. Um, it was really cool because Brooke, Brooke and I have this same theater that we always like to go to. I've never seen it that packed before in the six mm -hmm. years that we've lived here. So many people showed up to see Barbie last night. Uh, lots of pink in the theater as well. So um, that was cool to see. It was cool to see people turn out. Like it felt like pre-COVID-ish. So it was, yeah. it, was, it was nice. It was, it was a good experience. Yeah, apparently it's making a ton of money. I love movies and box office stuff. Apparently it's made a ton of money. And I, mm -hmm. I kind of figured it would because we saw like a 640 show on Thursday. And, you know, we had our two seats and you reserve ahead of time. When we got to our seats, these two kids were sitting in it. And they're like, hey, do you mind if we swap seats so we can sit with the rest of our team? And I look over and it's like 20 softball players together, all teens, couples together. It was a packed house. Uh, yeah, the thing's going to make a ton of money. They're getting that Ken spinoff, I'm sure. And I'll be there for it, to be completely honest. Like, it is just a surprisingly good and funny movie. Yeah, the Ken stuff for me, like, made, yeah. made the movie. Mm -hmm. um, there's this scene at the end. I'm not going to spoil it for people. But, like, there's this scene at the end where, like, uh, Ryan Gosling and all the Kens start. They have, like, this, like, montage scenario and I, I just was cracking up the entire time so yeah um again like when i heard that they were making a barbie movie, barbie movie i was like i'm not gonna watch this this is gonna be like very much like a movie and brooke goes and sees by herself but honestly i was laughing like for most of the movie it was really funny yeah it was really funny uh, although i can see some corner of the internet particularly yeah. some ver you know grouping of men who are gonna really really be upset <laughs> at this movie yeah um but some of us are more comfortable in our skin and being laughed at yeah yeah no it's, it's a it's a good time um yes going to see oppenheimer probably monday night um mm. we have like we went with some friends last night who were like like funny friends and then we have like ones that are like more into like movies yeah uh-huh and so we're gonna go see it with them there's they're still out of town so we'll go see it with them when they get back and i definitely want to go see it in an imax but uh heard very good things about oppenheimer as well so excited to watch that one yeah, me as well. Uh, Jake Hefner in the chat, you're pushing 39. I never would have you guessed never that. Never would have guessed. Also, I knew you good were morning, older. Jake. And also, yeah, congratulations. Uh, if you don't stretch, and that's how you look at 39, don't stretch. You're doing great. <laughs> that's just proof that I should never stretch because Jake looks fantastic. Yeah, I need I need Jake's uh, wellness routine or whatever he does because <laughs> I never would have guessed that. I would thought he was younger than me, honestly. So, yeah. That's yeah. impressive, Jake. Impressive. Yeah. We're going to have some uh, potential news related to Mr. Jake Hefner coming out in the next couple of days as well. So should be fun. What the um, heck? <laughs> no, you, you know what it is. It's it's not. I guess news is probably the wrong, wrong word there. But you guys will see. You'll figure it out. Um, all right. So today we're going to do our pre-training camp 53-man roster prediction. Um, this is great because it means that the offseason is officially over. Um, we can actually like start talking about like meaningful football stuff. And so um, it's going to be a lot of fun today. Um, oh, Tyler's birthday in one week as well. So shout out to Miss Mama Shun in the chat with the super chat as always. And uh, happy early birthday, I guess, Tyler. Thanks. Yeah. Next week should be a good uh, next Saturday should be fun. I'll be uh, Steven and I will be down there um, and it should be a good day. Yeah, Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, like I was saying, uh, we're going to have our 53-man roster prediction today. So we'll, we will um, clarify the injuries because obviously there's certain players on this team that we don't really know their status. So we're going to operate under a certain manner regarding those players who are injured. And we'll clarify that in a second. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely some roster spots op- up for grabs that I think is, is definitely worth talking about. We mm-hmm. did our, uh, position battle show for the chargers earlier this week. Um, so if you missed that, go check that out after the fact. So we highlighted the most important training camp battles there. Um, but today we'll kind of put everything in order. So, um, as always, we have a Google sheet because Tyler and I are both visual learners. And so we have, uh, the entire depth chart including the uh, undrafted free agents, including the rookies. So um, if you are listening to this, we'll do our best to uh, describe what is happening on the screen. If you're watching this, as Tyler has noted, uh, anybody with an asterisk next to their name is injured. Anybody that is bolded is a rookie. And then uh, we'll dive into it as we go along. Yay. (laughs) Uh, Tyler, the chat wants to make sure that you use your birthday wish on a Charger Super Bowl win. All right, I just need the cake from Liar Liar, where wishes actually do come true. And then, um, but I can't tell you guys if that's what I wish for. So I'm going to yeah. say I'm not going to wish for that. And then, um, <laughs> and if they win the Super Bowl, then I'll say I wished for it. And if not, then, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tyler, can you zoom in on the, on the sheet a little bit first? I can try. If you do but... the, that looks better. Yeah. Okay. That works. That was fine think so okay. uh people in the chat that are here let us know if you uh would like us to zoom in more but uh we'll start with the offensive predictions here um who i don't like that put us back on the left <laughs> all right fine here we go <laughs> sorry um okay so from uh, an offensive standpoint tyler where would you like to begin in terms of uh 53 man predictions um Let's go with interior offensive line because, of course, why not? Um, That seems to be one where there seems to be a spot up for grabs. It's kind of debatable whether you're going to have that extra spot go to a player or not. Um, The real debate here being obviously, I guess, Jordan McFadden, but he's safe and a rookie, and I think he's going to make the roster almost as a lock. But it really comes down to Jordan McFadden, you know, Zach Bailey, and Brendan Hymas. Hymas, the guy that they have had the most invested in in terms of draft capital and then time with him was been with the team for you know two years this being his third season um zach bailey not being someone that they drafted but zach bailey is someone who's been working with the team that daniel popper has making the team over mm-hmm. brendan hymas so that's really the battle of zach bailey versus brendan hymas and also zach bailey was with uh brian ficken in minnesota not that they were you know with each other so much but maybe on special teams um, sure. And then Jordan McFadden is the guy who's going to make it. So it, it comes down to those three. And then it really just comes down to, you know, one, is this going to be a spot? Like, are they going to keep an extra guard here, right? Whether it's Zach Bailey or Brendan Hymas, or they're just going to keep one of them or none of them. So um, that's kind of where I want to start here. Yeah, I think from a roster construction standpoint, um, we've seen the Chargers carry nine offensive linemen both of the years that Brandon Staley has been around. Mm-hmm. Um some teams will keep eight, you know, um, just kind of depends where you have to figure out a roster spot here. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously McFadden will clap. We're assuming that they make it, you know, will clap is the backup center. Like he's definitely making it. 
Um, McFadden is the draft pick. So I agree. Like you're talking about Bailey and Brendan Hymas as, as the ninth offensive line spot. Um, Tyler, just really quickly, do you think there's any chance that maybe McFadden is a tackle and maybe they keep both of these guys? Um, these guys meaning nah. Bailey and Hymas? No, because I think McFadden is the solution to if there's a tackle injury and in that Jamari kicks out and McFadden becomes the next guy in line to play guard. So, or, or maybe flip flop with Zion or whatever happens. I think Jordan McFadden is the solution there. I think he'll play some as that extra offensive lineman as a sort of tackle because he can do both and he's very mobile. But I think that if Jamari goes down, or sorry, if one of the tackles goes down, or I guess if Jamari goes down, then Jordan McFadden slides into that spot. Jamari kicks out to left tackle, et cetera. So I think he's a guard, and I think he's the guard that allows Jamari to be the backup tackle. Yeah, I agree as well. I, I, I'm excited for McFadden. I think he can do mm -hmm. a lot of the things that Kellen Moore likes to do on offense. Like, if you watch his tape from Clemson, one of my favorite things about him is, is how explosive he is and getting him in the counter game that Kellen Moore likes to run. Um, it should be a lot of fun. So I, I agree. I think McFadden is, is going to be higher on this uh, list in terms of like, you know, next man up. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think we have to give the edge to Zach Bailey, like Daniel Popper outlined. Um, you know, if the Chargers center position were maybe a little bit more unsettled, maybe that would give an edge to Brendan Hymas because he can, uh, he's been working there and can, you know, flip flop in there from time to time if needed. But um, I think Zach Bailey just has that guard tackle flexibility, like legitimately more so mm -hmm. than Hymas does. So I would give the edge to Zach Bailey here as the ninth offensive lineman. Yeah, I, I would agree. So as we go through this, I'm probably just going to delete the names that don't make it so we can have an actual number here. Yeah. So no Pleasance, um, Bailey over Hymas. Okay, just out of curiosity, would you have Bailey making it over Hymas if Daniel Popper didn't write that in his article? Um, probably not, because uh, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really know like how the team really felt about Bailey. Mm -hmm. um, we had heard like during the season that they were working him in at guard and they liked his flexibility. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, to hear Daniel Popper say that the team is like high on him as a reserve guard, I think, yeah, I think that definitely gives him a, a feather in his cap. So, um, I think I would have given Hymas a more fair shot, but I, I I don't know. Like I think that also could have been a discussion for only keeping eight offensive linemen as mm -hmm. well. So now that we know that they're high on Bailey, I think we kind of have to operate under the fact that he's going to be the favorite for that last spot. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So the you want to delete Andrew Trainer and Nick uh, Melsop as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. If you want to talk about tackles, then. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. I mean, yeah, I think we I think we agree here with this this trio. Yeah. So Foster Sorrell, I think pretty clearly has the the leg up in terms of the swing tackle battle, if you will. Um, he's been working out with Duke Mannyweather, Trey Pipkins and Rashawn Slater all offseason. So, you know, he deserves some credit for putting in the work. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition in becoming a quality swing tackle. I have my mm -hmm. doubts, but uh, you know, this, this current regime, like we talked about on, on social media the, the other day, the offensive line has taken so many big strides under Brandon Staley's watch that I, I think we kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've 
taken these guys and, and really elevated each of their games. And so I, I think Foster Sorrell, again, I have my doubts. I'm a little bit more pessimistic, but um, mm-hmm. they clearly like him more than we do. And so I think that does have to carry some weight. Yeah, in recent years, maybe just even last year, it feels like the team was almost batting a thousand with offensive linemen decisions. Whether that was a good process or not is, again, a different story. We've talked about process versus results. Mm -hmm. Um, But Trey Pipkins, the results were great. Um, And I think having him in the mix for the the tackle job last year was smart. Just wanted somebody else. So this year, it's Foster Serrell and that's it. Although, again, I think, and even Daniel Popper continues to push this, that Jamari Salyer is really the, the swing here. Now, that's a bit unfortunate, though, because, yes, Zion moving to left guard was partially to pair him with Rashawn Slater, but it seems like with Eric Smith's piece with Nugent that Jamari Sawyer to right guard was also about that right side as well and having that good pairing on the right side. Maybe they'll just say that, but it does feel like to them, that right side with Sawyer and Pipkins, there's some intention there as well. It's not like they just found another spot for him because that was all that was left. They feel like that was also a really good move for him. So I really hope it never comes down to him having to go to tackle because this is his better spot. He's going to be better there. Um, and it, it would stink if he's having a legitimately good to great season in year two as a guard. And they go, well, we got to put you at tackle. And then yeah. he struggles there, which, again, like he might have to because the Chargers haven't done enough to get a backup tackle. But, you know, I don't know. I, I wish they did more, but hopefully everybody stays healthy. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of value in Jamari being able to play four of the five spots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's going to make him have a very long career. Um, but like at some point, you do want these guys to, you know, find a long term position. And so, you know, I, I hope that that's right guard for him. Um, you know, that's where he played the most at guard in college. Um, he actually mm-hmm. started his career at Georgia as a right guard. Uh, um, he played more snaps at left tackle overall, but when he did kick inside the guard, it was usually right guard. So, you know, I know he's going to be comfortable with there. I know that he's going to be able to figure his, his position out relatively quickly. I mean, he figured out left tackle after not practicing there <laughs> at all the whole summer. So, um, you know, I'm very confident in Jamari's ability to come in and play at right guard. Um, yeah. The comment that Tyler's referring to from Brendan Nugent, is that the the team had this vision of getting similar athletes and body types next to each other. And so with Rashawn and with Zion, you have more of your undersized premium athletes, and same with Corey Lindsley, frankly. Um, Those three all kind of line up athletically. You can do a lot more like zone stuff to the left side. Most likely you can do more counter stuff involving those three screens, stuff like that. And then on the right side with with uh, Jamari Sawyer and Trey Pipkins, you have the bigger, stronger, more physical side. And so that way you can do probably more gap and power schemes, which I think is is in Kel Moore's bag as well. So I think people should be excited about this. You know, there's been a lot of talk about marrying the run game and the pass game and how Kel Moore is going to be able to do that. And I think that with this offensive line and him and Doug Nussmeyer coming over, I think the run game is going to be significantly better in uh, 2023. Mm-hmm. All right. Where should we pivot to next? Um, let's just go up the list from here. Let's talk about the wide receivers uh, or do okay. we want to save them for last? Cause they're kind of like the biggest question. mark. Um, I don't know. I think, I think all of them have significant question marks to be honest. So okay. I'm good with wide receiver if you want. 
Okay, let's talk about wide receiver. Um, before we give predictions, we do have to mention that Pokey Wilson was placed on mm-hmm. the non-football uh, illness list. Um, which I don't necessarily understand what is happening there. We don't know any specifics um, for what it's worth. Mark Marquise Goodwin was also placed on that list for the Browns, and he was placed on that list because of blood clots. So obviously mm-hmm. hoping that Pokey Wilson is okay, first and foremost. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of a – I mean, we'll wait and see, obviously, but if he does have to miss significant time, like that's a pretty big bummer because I feel like – I mean, we both kind of agree that of the undrafted free agents – um, he was kind of the one that could possibly have the best chance of pushing for a roster spot. So um, hope he's okay. Yeah, we, we could see this maybe be like a mm, different, but stone smart sort of thing last year. We had a really good spring, and then I forget what the injury he had was. Granted, this isn't an injury. We don't we don't know what it is. Right. Um, and then Pookie Wilson having to start on this. So we'll see. Maybe it's resolved quickly. Maybe it takes a long time. I don't know. Um, but that stinks because you need every single day, every single snaps you possibly can, especially a wide receiver. Like some of these running backs, the two undrafted free agent running backs might not even see the practice field like the guys did last year. But the receivers, you'll always be in rotation. You'll always be out there and have an opportunity to show up to make it. Like we talked about um, Austin Prohl the previous year. We talked about Michael Bandy last year. Um, so he really needs to be out there. And unfortunately, there are some other guys that are they're veterans here whether it's Shepard, Hightower, Doss, et cetera, that you know more about. And if they're on the field, you're going with them, assuming you even need to go with them to begin with. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens there. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, In terms of roster construction, the Chargers um, kept, it was six initially in 2021, right? Or was it five? That I forget. I I feel like it's either four and a return. Okay. Well, shoot. Now I got to look this up. Yeah, because uh, in 2021, that's still when they had KJ Hill and Joe Reed, and KJ Hill was uh, their punt returner. Was, I don't think Joe Reed made the roster though, wasn't he? No, uh, no, no, no. I was just saying he was still on oh, the team. Yeah, KJ Hill made it. He was their returner because they didn't have what's his face. Um, yeah, so they they, they started with here. five. So it was Keenan, Mike, okay. Jalen, Josh, KJ Hill. Okay, so it's generally been five uh, under Brandon Staley again numbers game we'll see what happens there Mm -hmm. um if they keep six again this year or excuse me if they keep it five again this year or if they keep six um the room overall definitely is deeper this year obviously you're talking about keenan Allen, mike williams quentin johnston we think as the starting trio josh Mm -hmm. palmer darius davis those five are definitely going to make it um because that's that's their big four and then that's their returner so that's the pattern The debate is if they keep a six guy. So the options there obviously are Jalen Guyton coming back from his injury. Um, we're going to assume that Jalen Guyton should be healthy by week one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he tore his ACL back in September. So um, by the time that they have to make this decision, it will have been basically 11 months and change from his injury. Um, so we're going to assume that by week one, Jalen Guyton should be healthy. Um, mm-hmm. If not, they could you know place him on the pup list and keep him around or something like that. But by all accounts and purposes, I think Guyton should be healthy by the time they have to make this decision. The debate obviously is going to be if a guy like Pokey Wilson, if he stays healthy, Keelan Doss, John Hightower, Terrell Bynum, mm-hmm. or Darius Shepard, who's kind of more of a returner, 
if any of them can push Jalen Guyton out of that spot, at least that's kind of how I see it. How do you see uh, that spot, Tyler, if Guyton is healthy? If Guyton is healthy, that's it. I don't think anybody pushes him out. I don't think there's anything that any of these guys can do in the preseason that would warrant cutting Jalen Guyton over them. And I don't mean that to be rude. I think these guys could be absolutely fantastic in the preseason. But there's like, I think the Chargers a week ago or two weeks ago dropped, you know, Herbert's best passes uh, or deepest passes or whatever. And like five of the first six were bombs to Jalen Guyton. <laughs> yeah. Like his first touchdown, the longest touchdown, um, the best one you can think of. It was all Jalen Guyton. And I just think you can't remove that from the team. Um, if we knew more about Hightower, we knew he was fast and really good and got on the field last year and showed anything, uh, then maybe. But I think at this point, like these guys didn't touch the field or they're undrafted free agents. And Jalen Guyton is a legitimately trusted player by Justin Herbert. Granted, we've seen how that's gone before with Tyron Johnson. So anything can happen. I yeah. just don't think you take Jalen Guyton off this roster. I would, frankly, I mean, you can't cut your returner, but I would almost rather have Jalen Guyton over Darius Davis um, for the simple fact that I think he just does something that the rest of these guys can't. And until we see that Darius Davis is a legit you know, consistent downfield threat, which he might never be used as in this offense, then you got to keep Jalen Guyton. Yeah, I think there's Darius Davis has some potential as a wide receiver. And, and listen, man, there was a great article by Daniel Popper about the Chargers uh, wide receiver coach, Chris Beattie, mm -hmm. um, and his track record of developing wide receivers. And, you know, there was some great stuff in there about his relationship with Mike Williams and the things that he's already doing with Quentin Johnston. So, Maybe Darius Davis does become that. I, I think he does have some ways to go. But, you know, I think with him, you're doing basically, I would hope, kind of an amplified version of what they were doing with Andre Roberts, where it's like, give him 10 snaps a game, give him a couple of jet sweeps, maybe a screen, stuff like that, at least for now. I would love to, I would love to see them get him the ball in creative ways because he is yeah. so fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I think he's shifty as well. So I, I, I think there's some potential there. But in terms of like wide receiver five, I think that is Jalen Guyton's job to lose. Mm -hmm. um, like you and uh, LD Bruin have pointed out, Justin Herbert loves Jalen Guyton. Like there is a strong relationship and rapport there. Um, and I think also Kellen Moore has been pretty open about this offense needing to go vertical. Mm -hmm. And if you have Jalen Guy and Darius Davis and Quentin Johnston as guys who kind of specialize in going deep and Mike Williams as well, then I think you feel better about that. Whereas Keelan Doss, you know, um, Pokey Wilson and Terrell Bynum, they all have kind of more like short intermediate skill sets. And that's kind of redundant with Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen, in my opinion. So ideally, yeah. you you keep guy and you have that other vertical stretch. Um, but again, this this all kind of depends on his health. He definitely has to mm -hmm. go out there and prove it. He has to keep those guys at bay. But if he is healthy, and I think we can pencil him in as healthy by week one, then I think he, yeah. he keeps that job. Yeah, I agree. So six receivers here, as LDE Bruin pointed out learning from previous seasons, having six guys in a very deep yeah. wide receiver core. Yeah, because if they just keep the four and Darius Davis, which might be the case on game day, but if, yeah. if you keep Jalen Guy in, at least you know you have that wide receiver five who can be reliable if need to, if need be. Because um, mm -hmm. if you just have the four and Darius Davis, that's, that's still a lot of stress on those four 
for what we think this offense wants to do. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Guyton's a good blocker, which I mean, the other guys might be too, but I know Guyton's a good blocker. Yeah, and he might have to take, you know, he might be a, a starting gunner on this team. You know, if Jasir Taylor is a more heavily contributing mm-hmm. on defense, you know, they they probably have yeah. an opening at gunner. So yep. that's a possibility yep. for him too. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move up to tight end here. Um, obviously, Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, you know, kind of penciled in as the starting tight ends here. Um, Trey McKitty is is their unique blocker. You know, the Eric Smith interviewed Kevin Coger, and one thing that he mentioned is that they still feel like Trey McKitty is their best blocker. Um, his his physical profile kind of lends itself towards being more of a people mover. So we'll see what happens. But uh, if you listen to Kevin Coger talk about him. Man, Coger's still pretty high on on him hitting his potential as a blocking tight end. So, uh, mm-hmm. unless they sign a Jeff Swain or a Mercedes Lewis, I think obviously we have to pencil Trey McKitty in on the on this roster. Um, what do we think about them potentially keeping four tight ends this year, Tyler? I don't think they're keeping four tight ends this year. I think the sacrifice is obviously the wide receiver. Granted, if Jalen Guyton goes on the injured reserve or whatever, then sure, somebody else could make it. But um, no, I, I think I think they'll go with the three tight ends here and be fine with kind of the rotation of Smart, Kent Moyer, Ziki on the practice squad or two of those guys and call up as needed, which they've done before. Yeah, I think if... Joe Lombardi still were around and Stone Smart. Yeah. Because uh, would have a better chance because that kind of flex tight end is more valuable in Joe Lombardi's offense. Um, but this Kellen Moore offense, like it needs well-rounded tight ends, guys who can block, guys who can work as an H-back, guys who can, you know, work in line, work the middle of the field. And that's just not the game of Stone Smart and Mike Kaziki. Those guys are more in line with Gerald Everett. So I, I think having two flex tight ends is, is kind of redundant in this Kellen Moore offense. So I, I think those guys are comfortably guys I'm interested in keeping on the practice squad. Yeah. But I, I think they do kind of have a long shot of, of ultimately making the roster because they're just, they're just not blocking times and that's okay. I mean, Stone smarts played tight end for like a year and it was <laughs> in the NFL and he was injured yeah. for half of it. So, yeah, you know, I just think that those are guys I'm, I'm interested in keeping around the practice squad, but mm-hmm. Um, because they are not quality blockers at this point, I think they have a long shot of making the roster. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but we'll see. Pads come on, everything could change. Yeah. Um, I really, I really felt like one of these guys was going to make it early last year, but they ended up going with Richard Rogers. I don't remember if they signed him before um, week one or they signed him before week one because Parham was on Ninja Reserve. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or trending towards the end of reserve, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, th- didn't he not go on it for weeks and weeks, and then he came back, and then they put him on it. Something. Yeah, because like he was he. They didn't place him on end reserve until I think the week of roster cuts, and then they signed Richard Rogers. So Rich Rogers had like two weeks with the team, and then they had their first game. Which is <laughs> yeah. fun. Would, yeah, I was gonna say, and he got like two. He got like. <laughs> Two red zone targets in that game, too. I was like, uh, why are we throwing a Richard Rodgers for? <laughs> yeah, no offense. Thank you, Richard Rodgers. I would love another former Packers tight end, though, as you said, in Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Oh, God, Mercedes would be amazing. Oh, he would, still was like, yeah. you know, PFF run grades are, again, we've had that discussion several times. 
but like if you look at PFF run blocking grades of tight ends, like Mercedes Lewis is like still very comfortably the best run blocking tight end in the league, which is crazy because he's like 39. Yeah, he's he's gonna push 40, um, <laughs> and he's still like he'd be tight end two in terms of blocking on like I. If someone said he'd be tight end two on this roster, I'd say okay, I get it. He can block. Yeah. Or like yeah. fullback, Steven Anderson type, fine, whatever. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so three tight ends. Obviously, Xander Horvath. Um, we feel like he's going to make it. They just drafted him. I'm not entirely sure. You're not I, entirely I, sure I, they, 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 he makes it. I, I Okay, wait, listen. Will I predict it? Sure. Now, granted, once we get to training camp, if he's not out there and doing anything, fine. There's no competition for him. With that said, um, let's see. In 2019, the Cowboys had a fullback play over 100 snaps on offense. That's good. Uh, since then, the fullback on offense yeah. has played a one snap uh, the last three seasons. So yeah. granted, it's kind of a special teams thing, right? With Xander Horvath more than it's going to be an offensive thing, I think. Yeah. But Kellen Moore has used a fullback on one offensive snap the past three seasons. So I think there's some shakiness there. But I, I do think he makes it but i'm not like oh yeah he's gonna make it because they just drafted him um i think that him being a, a seventh round pick isn't like oh my god we got to keep this guy they did just move on sort of to the practice squad um from mark webb in the seventh round last year so it's That's not true. like they wouldn't move on from him but there's no competition for him the difference is is there competition for him in terms of other players on the roster that could also block like running backs so i think the, the discussion here is really do they keep four running backs? Do they keep three? Who do they keep? Um, so I think they keep Xander. I just I'm not going to say like 100 certainty that he's making the team. That's fair. Uh, in terms of offensive role, I definitely think there's some shakiness. Um, I yeah. think Kellen Moore is much more inclined to use two tight ends, to use a six offensive lineman, than use a blocking fullback. Um, although, like I think there is some untapped potential with Horvath as like a receiver and a runner yeah. that. Joe Lombardi really never, you know, used because of the injury and, and other things. But, you know, like there, I think there is a world where Kelton Moore looks at Xander Horvath and sees a more versatile piece than Joe Lombardi did. Mm -hmm. um, and then you mentioned the special teams too. So I, I think, again, I understand having an offensive shakiness, some questions there, but I do think like special teams wise, I think that he's, he's safe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like with the special team snaps for the, the Cowboys fullbacks, that's where they show them. Like they had 15% of the snaps, some had 40% of the snaps. Yeah. That's where it'll be. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. And there's no Troy Reader this year. There's no, yeah. there's a bunch of guys on special teams that were valuable pieces last year that, you know, some of these younger guys are going to be counted on. Uh, again, like Dean Leonard, Jasir, Sander, mm -hmm. Amen, Nick Neiman, who we'll get to. But, you know, these guys are all core special teams players, and I think that's that's kind of where their value is right now. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so offensive roster, we're at 19 right now. Let's get into a running back. Obviously, Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, we feel very comfortable about making the roster. Isaiah Spiller as well, although understandably a little bit more shaky about his role. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen them keep four running backs in the past. Tyler, what do you think about their chances of doing that again this year? <sighs> This is always the hot topic of debate, right? Where, you know, maybe you like these players or, you know, you want these players to grow and succeed, but do you need a fourth running back? Do you need a third quarterback? Do you need an 18th linebacker? And yet the last two seasons that the Chargers go, yes, we do. Seven linebackers, um, baby. Let's go. <laughs> right. So, you know, 
it's not like a this isn't a what do we want to do sort of thing right this is a what do you think the chargers initial roster will end up being it's a roundabout way of saying yeah i do think they keep four running backs but i think the fourth running back is tyler Huseman. and i, I i'm still going to push that um granted last year the undrafted free agent running backs got no snaps in camp like there was no looking at them yeah. nothing if austin eckler were sitting out there as an undrafted free agent last year we never would have known what he could do because the offense never put them in the rotation, which was a mistake. Granted, I know you're trying to learn about Kelly and about Roundtree and about Spiller. I get that. But again, like if that was Austin Eckler sitting out there or Brandon Oliver, Detrez Newsom, Kenneth Farrell, we never would have known who those guys were yeah. if they were on the roster last year as an undrafted free agent. Um, so if they don't, if they do the same thing this year, which I think is a disservice to your roster, then it's going to be Larry Roundtree by default because he'll be the only guy they know anything about. Um, but I think Huseman being you know 60% higher in the athletic percentile than Larry Roundtree, I think similar kinds of players, but this time you get a, you get a player um, on the rookie deal, granted as an undrafted free agent. Um, not that Roundtree isn't, but he's been in the league for a few years now. I just think that Huseman can do what they hoped Larry Roundtree could have been and could have done. Um, and then I do think if, let's say, Xander goes down, gets hurt, then Hoosman can pick up that role pretty quickly. So if they keep four, I'm going to go with one of the undrafted free agents. Um, I could see why Dotson would be a favorite to make it. I just think that Ficken's going to want a bigger body, a more athletic guy out there. Um, and I think that Dotson, as the better receiver, scat back, receiving back kind of type, um, I think that's Eckler and I think that's Spiller and then Dotson. Whereas I think if Kelly goes down, you can pivot to Huseman as someone who's more of a, a stronger power back there as like, you know, six foot two fifteen or whatever he is. Yeah. I, I would love for them to keep, you know, another receiver who's maybe a little bit more fast, um, you know, as that fourth player. So I, I guess that's Dotson. I haven't watched either of those. Players Huseman's before, technically but... faster by 40 time. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Point zero two, but yeah, <laughs> I I think Larry Roundtree's time is 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 done with in terms of making the roster. I think there's maybe a chance he makes it over Horvath, but I think ultimately it's just going to be the three. Uh, I I don't think any of the other guys make it. Okay, because I, yeah. I think for I think with the six receivers, nine offensive linemen, you're doing three quarterbacks again. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's just tough to keep more than three running backs this year. Yeah. We'll see. We'll come back and if I don't know, let's see how many guys we get on the defense. Yeah. So, so three running backs. Yeah. Three running backs. Um, sorry. Dotson was your choice of the three. If if you were to choose one. No, I think it's Huseman. Oh, okay. All right. So maybe we'll pin, maybe we'll, we'll circle back to, to Huseman. Okay. Quarterback. Um, for now, we'll leave with the three. Very easy decision. I think you keep three here. Um, I would love, I would have loved for them to sign Cooper Rush, man. I really would have. Um, but, you know, the Chargers really like Easton Stick. We'll see him as QB2 this year. Max Duggan as uh, the third quarterback. I, I think Madden ratings are ridiculous, but did you see that Max Duggan's like the ninth fastest quarterback on Madden this year? <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> I, like, awesome. I, I don't understand. Is I don't he, understand I, is he fast? Like, is he like that fast? I know he's really I athletic. He's, I think he's athletic, but I would assume that Easton Stick is also just as fast, if not faster. 
Hey man, that's gonna. I'm sure there's some like Madden hack where there's a play that you can call with Duggan that'll be like really difficult to stop. I don't know. Neither neither of us play Madden, so yeah, I, Madden's ridiculous to me. Um, okay, so Easton Sick ran a four six back back when. And Max Duggan. Oh, Max Duggan ran a four five, four five two. All right. Okay. I knew he was a good athlete. I didn't realize so, he was also. That would be the sent faster than Quentin. No, Quentin was like a four four eight or something like that. Okay. Four four nine at his pro day. I think four five one at the combine. Well, granted, we asked Tom Telesco, which I'll keep saying because that's great to say. Yeah. Um, and he said GPS tracking said he was faster. So you know. But yes, that yeah. would almost be faster than Quentin Johnston. What did uh, Richardson run? Anthony Richardson? Yeah. He's oh, Anthony to... Richardson was like four four flat, like <laughs> freak of nature. Let's let's. Look. And they did a backflip. Yeah. 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 He's a he's a perfect ten at the yeah. quarterback position. He's the only, he's literally the most athletic quarterback ever. Uh, yeah, four four two. So good. speed is different right there. Yeah. And he's um, also like, what is he? What's his height weight? He's 6'4, 244. <laughs> and then uh, he jumped 40 inches in the vertical, uh, 40 and a half inches, I should say. Yeah. And then, uh, 10 feet, nine inches in the broad jump. Both of those perfect scores, basically. Uh, his 40 time was 99, 99th percentile as well. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good, pretty good athlete. Um, yeah, so Max Duggan, I guess, I guess you know, pretty good athlete. So four five two would be faster than like half of the wide receiver room. <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk about that. All right, um, all right. Let's, the defense, let's switch over to defense. All right, let's do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so um, defense has some very interesting roster position battles. We'll also talk about special teams here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go down the list here. Let's talk about the edge rushers. Obviously, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Chris Rumpf, Tui, Tui Pelotu. Those are kind of the big four. Mm-hmm. Um, any chance that Ty Shelby, Andrew Farmer, or Carlo Kemp make it in your eyes, Tyler? No, I, I think I think this is pretty much signed, sealed, delivered. If Honestly, if one of these guys gets hurt, they probably sign a veteran like they did last year and go find someone from the 2011 draft class or something to go sign. Um, I just, I don't think these guys have a shot to make it. I think they might even do well in the preseason and they had some guys who did well last year, but I just think that this four is your core four. It's a four you feel pretty good about. You've invested a lot in whether it's money um, trading for them, uh, drafting them. So I think that's your four and that's, kind of it i don't think there's a whole lot of discussion here unfortunately as much yeah. as i want to see these guys do well and i think they could do well and this is maybe a a 2024 discussion but right now i don't think so yeah we haven't seen them there's no pattern of them keeping more than four that's um, in 2021 it was the, it was the four with uh kyler fackrell and chris rumpf mm-hmm. um last year they only kept three to start really if you're because calvin i was still playing the linebacker which is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be the four. I think people should be really excited about Thule. We'll see about Chris Rumpf, what kind of leap he's able to take in year three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you feel good about this group. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so defensive tackle, this interior defensive line room is is interesting. Um, Austin Johnson has been posting videos on Instagram of him running. We have mm. not really seen much from Otito. Um, you know, Austin Johnson's been working off to the side. I think we should assume at least one of them starts the season on the pub list. Yeah. And it seems like by process of elimination, that's kind of Otito. Um, even if we're just using Otito as a placeholder here because we think one of them will, then fine. But I think if we're going to pick anybody, it's Otito who will start the season uh, unable to play, unfortunately. Yeah, which makes things dicey for roster construction because mm-hmm. uh, this is, you know, a group that I think with Otito and Austin Johnson, you feel really good about their run defense. Nick Williams as well, Scott Matlock. So we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, so let's, um, I think you could want to just drag Otito down instead of deleting him because like he's still gonna make it maybe but oh maybe, i see maybe you just put him like under where it says injury or you just put otito right there 
Okay. Um, so for argument's sake, I do think that Austin Johnson is, is healthy by week one. Mm-hmm. Morgan Fox makes it. Um, the construction of the next group here, Nick Williams, Scott Matlock, Gerard Clark, David Moa, Chris Hinton. How do you see that playing out with Otito? Uh, and again, assuming that he's injured, which could change, obviously, but before training camp starts, we're assuming that he is uh, going to be on the pup list. Yeah, I, I think for the sake of the person that we picked to start on the pup list being Otito, I think that means Gerard Clark makes it. Um, could they do more with other players? Absolutely. Could you do more with Hinton, uh, with Moa? Sure. Um, even Terrence Lang, you could probably do more with as a, as a rusher, moving him around. But I think at that specific spot and what they'd ask him to do, and, and frankly, because Gerard Clark is talented, um, I think he does make it as that backup to Sebastian Joseph Day. Yeah. I I think I like have to agree. Again, I'm not super high on Gerard Clark. I, I would rather mm-hmm. keep Chris Hinton and just kind of yeah. figure the nose part out. Mm-hmm. But there is that the, too. Yeah. With the way that they have constructed the roster in the past, they really generally prefer to have like two straight up noses. They prefer to have, you know, a pass rusher of sorts. They prefer to have two other guys who can kind of play all over. And because Austin Johnson uh, can play the nose from time to time. Right. Um, and I think Chris Hinton could as well. But they've shown in the past that they do prefer to have like two legitimate nose types. So I, I think that Gerard Clark does have the inside track of making it until we get some clarity on Otito Agonia's injury. Yeah, I would agree. Or... I guess it's possible they don't keep a sixth at all but, and go with, I don't know, another running back, another DB, whatever, um, or another edge rusher. But I, I just think that's not worth betting on. I think they still keep with uh, Clark. Yeah. Okay, so let's move Clark over to the second spot. Okay. Um. So that leaves Johnson... Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Gerard Clark, Nick Williams, and Scott Matlock. So we are assuming that they are keeping six. I think Mm -hmm. that is the right decision. Um, They'll probably have one of them as a healthy scratch each week, especially as Austin Johnson is is getting healthier. But I do think six is is the right call. We've seen them do that in the past. So we have a pattern. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think they like all of these players. Yep, I agree. All right, linebacker. Again, we've seen them keep seven. We've seen them. We've seen them keep six, five. Like it's it's kind of crazy this year, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, kind of penciled in as the starters. Mister Dayon Henley, we know is is going to make it. Amon Ongwamiga, Nick Neiman, and then there's Tyreek Maddox Williams. There was a uh, uh, Damon Lloyd as well, but he was waived, I believe, recently. Um, or not recently yeah, I think like I think OPAs. for the wide receiver Shepard. Yes. That was the corresponding move. Yes. So there's six linebackers on the roster. I think they'd keep just five. Um, yeah. I, I don't know enough about Tyreek Manic Williams to really feel comfortable about them potentially keeping him. So I think we can pencil in five. Yep. Uh, no argument there. All right. Cornerback wise, you have JC Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Michael Davis kind of penciled in as starters. Jaw Taylor, Dean Leonard, who they just drafted last year as your backups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Kimon Hall. I think there's some other players in there, but really the debate is do they keep six with JC's injury? We are assuming, like we did for our position battle show, that JC is at least healthy and ready to play by week one. 
Mm-hmm. So, Tyler, what do you make of Kimon Hall's chances of making it? I he's going to be the guy that he was last year, where I think it's like just in case, you know, we'll we'll call him up. I mean, they were I think what twice last year they called him up and then he was inactive. So I think that'll kind of be his thing this year yeah. if he continues on the practice squad. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think he's got the shot here. I think that if they do keep an extra DB at a spot, it's one of the safeties maybe. Yeah, uh, but not a corner. Yeah, I agree. We've seen them keep 10 DBs. Like, that's kind of like the number that they, they like to get to. Um, yeah, I think last year was technically nine, but in 2021, it was 10. Um, but yeah, I think Kimon is kind of redundant with Jasir Taylor. So I, I think Kimon starts also that. practice squad. Yeah. Okay. So no Kimon Hall. And that's, that's really kind of like it. That was the only other debate that I could think of for a corner. Yeah. Um, outside of who starts. Yeah. I, I think that's that's right. Okay. Safety-wise, obviously, Derwin James, Alohi Gilman, they're the starting duo right now. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens if they sign anybody. Um, Raheem Lane, JT Woods, Mark Webb, AJ Finley is kind of the, the group that you've got to figure out. I really want to find a way for them to keep AJ Finley. I think AJ mm. Finley has stuff to work with. Mm-hmm. I would like to really see them keep him. Um, the question is, how likely do we think that ultimately is for his case? I think that, so when I was looking at this and trying to figure out how to build the 53, if we didn't keep um, a fourth running back, whoever that was, then I believe this opens up a spot for well, any other spot. So edge, tackle, whatever. And I actually don't think that keeping a, a, another safety is completely out of the question, especially with so many questions at the position. Um, I, I think in a certain sense that they would rather have more opportunities to guess or figure it out, more, more at-bats, I guess. So if you keep, let's say it's Mark Webb, let's say it's A.J. Finley, um, just have one more guy in the rotation to just try to learn more about him, to see what he can do on special teams, and then maybe working it into... Um, the roster if somebody gets hurt because like there's a world where JT Woods has the same kind of season he did last year. I hope that's not yeah. the case, but he could be the same guy that he was last year and not play all that much. So you would need another guy to rotate in there. So I do think that while these four guys are safe, I actually think it is possible. And because we're not keeping another running back um, and because we also went with five linebackers instead of six, that I think there's a spot here for another DB. Um, do I think they would pick Finley over Webb? I don't know, but Webb has not been healthy, so we'll see. And they did go with Lane last year over Webb. Um, so yeah, I think one of these safeties could absolutely make it. And if you want to go with Finley as that other guy, sure, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I would I would really like to see them find a way to keep him. And I think that just gives them more flexibility. You know, I, I think you can kind of experiment a little bit with JT Woods, you know, deep and maybe AJ Finley in the slot kind of situation, you know, with what we know about like Asante and his potential weaknesses in the slot. I just want some more insurance there too. And I think AJ Finley, Raheem Lane, I think they can kind of help play that role too. Um, I went back and looked at the Rams in 2020 to see kind of like who was playing in the slot there. Um, And Brandon Staley actually had, five players log over 100 snaps in the slot that season um it was um troy hill was kind of their version of 
Asante, what I think he can be in terms of like outside inside kind of player. Um, Jalen Ramsey had over a hundred snaps in the slot. They had John Johnson around 300 snaps in the slot. They had um, Kenny Young, actually one of their linebackers. So maybe that's kind of a Deion Henley thing. And then they also had, um, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Uh, he was one of their other corners. So anyways, they had five players log over 500 or excuse me, over mm. hundred snaps in the slot. I think the chargers probably need to have some flexibility there this year without mm-hmm. price Callahan being able to take the bulk of the slot snaps. Yeah. Cool. Fun. I, I wanted somebody a little bit different to make it. So I was going with running back, but then the, I think actually this makes a bit more sense. Yeah. And uh, I, th- in Smith's defense. Yeah. And I, and I do think like of the undrafted free agents, I think Finley would be my highest ranked. Like I, I really like his game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he, ha- I think he can do a lot of the stuff that they really like at safety. And I think he could play any of the spots really that they want of their safety group. So uh, I like Finley a lot. I think that he could be a, a potential steal for them. Awesome. Cool. So we have two undrafted free agents making it. We'll see about how long Clark makes it, but yeah, um, that's fun. Yeah. Cool. Yay. All right. So right now we're at 20 and 25. Oh, wait, you didn't put the safeties in, did you? Uh, I just did the safeties. Now we're at 28 and 25 so we are at 53 if we include our three special teamers um whoever it ends up being between the kickers but they're not keeping okay. two i mean although i guess i would get it if they did to trade them but yeah uh, i doubt it okay so there's there's the 53 uh for argument's sake we, we did talk about the kicker battle um on the show on tuesday i tend to think that i would pick cameron dicker I don't know if how much I feel if the team will pick Cameron Dicker. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how well. Hmm. It's tough because again, there's really no like great argument against either. You want I'd love to have two kickers. If you could make that work, I'll keep two of these kickers over three of the quarterbacks, but um I won't do that. <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know. My, my tiebreaker is still the fact that you know more about Dustin Hopkins. And granted, if the injury is still lingering, if they feel it's going to be you know a recurring theme throughout the season where he's injured, I don't know what his injury history is. Um, I don't know. I, I still lean Dustin Hopkins, but I think that because Cameron Dicker finished the season as the guy and there was no rush to get Hopkins back, I'm fine saying Cameron Dicker is the guy who makes the initial roster. But if, if they're basically even throughout camp i kind of think they go hopkins i think dicker needs to significantly outplay you know uh dustin hopkins and drill some of these field goals like there needs to be a couple of moments where it's like hey i just hit it from 56 and your other guy can't do that or at least he hasn't been shown <laughs> that he can do that so i think that's what it would come down to but uh, again it's so neck and neck yeah. right now it's a coin toss so yeah dicker's that's fine you can put cameron dicker in there <laughs> okay um yeah so i think this is um i think cameron dicker has just i want to keep that potential there have a long-term kicker with the chargers would be fantastic haven't really had that since when nick kading was around (laughs) so you know it's i just want to see what there is there but i totally understand like people being a little bit skeptical you know uh, of last season maybe just being kind of a, a special special season Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we'll see. Uh, and financially, I think, you know, if you can get off of Dustin Hopkins contract, you save some money this year and next year. So, yeah. All if right. They choose, if they choose Hopkins, he's getting cut next year anyway. So that's, that's kind of why I would just rather keep Digger. Well, uh, hey, man, if Dustin Hopkins isn't a good season, you, I don't want to have another kicker, man. I don't want to do this again. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> um, okay, so then obviously you have J.K. Scott and Josh Harris. That mm-hmm. is your 53. So just to run through it really quickly for our audio audience, um, on defense we have Joey Bosa, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Cleo Mack, Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, Alohi Gilman, Michael Davis, Tuli Tui Pelotu, Morgan Fox, Gerard Clark, Chris Frumpf, Eamon Ogbong-Lamiga, Dan Henley, Ja Taylor, Raheem Lane, JT Woods, Dean Leonard, Nick Williams, Scott Matlock, Nick Neiman, AJ Finley, and Otito Ogbonia starting the season on the pup list. And then uh, special teamers, we have Cameron Dicker, J.K. Scott, and Josh Harris. Offensively, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Xander Horvath, Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsay, Jamari Sawyer, Trey Pipkins as your starters. Easton Stick, Joshua Kelly, Donald Parham, Darius Davis, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, uh, Jordan McFadden, Will Clapp, Zach Bailey, Foster Sorrell, and then Max Duggan, Isaiah Spiller, and Trey McKitty rounding out the offense. Uh, Steven, you're on mute there. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. No, I'm totally oh. joking that you were. I was like, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally joking. I didn't... <laughs> oh, that was fun. You had me there. Uh, you got me. Good one. Yeah, good, one. good. Good. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Uh, how do you feel about this uh, 53-man prediction here? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the predictions make sense. I think that we can follow through and say, okay, here's why these all make sense or whatever. Um, I don't know. This just feels like – I don't know that there's really like – a strong camp battle for a final spot. I almost mm. just feel like we need to see who trots out there first. Um, because of like, I don't know, Terrence Lang is trotted out there first. Then we already know who the other D tackle would be. Or if Gerard Clark does not get any real reps, then we know they're probably not going to go with him. Um, if I don't know, if Larry Roundtree is the dominant RB4, there's no shot for anybody else, and he's making it. So I feel like at, at this point, I just need to see who's out there, who plays. Uh, granted, we won't know a whole lot from no pads in the first week or so, but right. um, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious what order these guys trot out in. Is Quentin Johnson officially the wide receiver three, according to him? Um, will Brendan Hymas start ahead of Jordan McFadden, and then McFadden has to work his way in? That sort of thing. So I, I feel good about where this could end up. But I am curious who dominates snaps early on in camp. Yeah, especially with these injuries. Like, there's going to be, yeah, like Gerard Clark's going to have his opportunities, you know. And um, there, there's some defensive linemen that I happen to like better, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, Austin Johnson and Otito, I can't imagine them playing a whole lot in the next few weeks. So, right. These younger guys are going to have a lot of opportunities to carve out a role. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, same thing with the wide receivers. You know, Jalen Guyton's not healthy at this current moment. So um, this could certainly change, although I feel like, like if it changes very much, we're going to talk be talking about like three players-ish. Yeah. So, but I feel good about this. I like our process and just kind of talking things through. And I like the players and, you know, prioritizing A.J. Finley, I think, is is fun for me. I like that one. 
Yeah, that is fun. A little bit of something different. Something to keep an eye on throughout camp. And if we're wrong, whatever. <laughs> we'll make a final prediction in a few weeks. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. All right. So appreciate everybody for tuning in. This was definitely the most uh, live viewers we've had in in a few weeks. So um, we are ramping up to training camp. So um, really excited about that. Like I mentioned on Thursday, Tyler and I will be there next Saturday and then the following weekend as well. So feel free to come say hello and uh, yeah, full steam ahead. So appreciate Tyler as well for his time. Appreciate all of you guys for the chat and uh, audio audiences as well. That's going to do it for us today. We'll see you guys next week.